0: I always describe Strathroy Caradoc as the place to do business in the area.
1: Welcome to the Growing Strathroy Caradoc Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Sampson, and I'd like you to join me as we explore Strathroy Caradoc and what makes it a place where people and businesses grow deep roots. Let's start with some basics. The municipality of strathroy Caradoc is 40 kilometres west of London, Ontario, just off Highway 402 towards Sarnia. This municipality's largest community, as you might have guessed, is Strathroy. There are some smaller communities too, Mount Bridges and Melbourne, and lots of rich farmland. With a population of 24,000 people, it would be easy to assume that this is a sleepy part of southwest Ontario. But strathroy Caradoc is thriving new residents and businesses from independent shops to multinational power players are flocking here. You might be wondering, what's attracting them? That's what we're answering in this podcast. This first episode, we'll explore what it's like to run a small business in strathroy Caradoc. We'll do that by talking to the owners of two local businesses, In a Jam and Commonwealth Financial. We'll cover how they got started, how they grew their businesses, and what it is about Strathroy-Caradoc that creates the ideal environment for them to thrive. Let's get to know our guests a bit better. We start with the owners of In a Jam, a handmade jams, jellies, and preserves business in Melbourne, Ontario. Debbie and Jeff McCollum are a mother and son team with very deep roots in the area. Debbie's family bought a farm in the 1800s, and they've been there ever since. My brother still
2: lives on the home farm. So, yeah, that farm has been in the family for probably 200 years, over 150 anyway. And then my husband's family have been in that, in the Dutton area for probably just as long. So we're pretty Scottish and
3: pretty. (laughs) Pretty. I'm more familiar with the uh, Dutton side of that. But yeah, the roots go back pretty much just as far.
1: Our other guest, Patrick Saunders, is the owner of Commonwealth Financial, a financial planning company in Strathroy. He was raised elsewhere, but has come to embrace this community as his own.
0: I grew up in Peterborough County, out in the country next to my grandparents' dairy farm. So I grew up wanting to be a farmer. So shortly after going to the University of Guelph, my family decided to kind of wind up the dairy operation and my plans changed course a little bit. So if I couldn't farm, then I figured that helping other people farm was kind of a noble pursuit. I was hired on by Farm Credit Canada as an account manager, writing mortgages, approving credit, and helping them build successful businesses. They said, we have a spot for you in London. I said, that's cool. Where's London? And uh, so I happened to land in this area, and uh, I was living in Ilderton at the time, just north of London, and that's where I met my future wife, Stephanie. Stephanie. And uh, she just grew up south of Strathroy, so thus I kind of started hanging around the Strathroy area. After Stephanie and I were married, this this is where we wanted to live, and this is where I've been in Strathroy for about 15 years now.
1: So you <laughs> were really like not even familiar with the region. What were your first impressions of Strathroy when you came here?
0: Yeah. My first impression was really how nice of a town it was. It was clean. It was vibrant and it had everything as well. I mean, it had food, it had recreation, it had professionals, banks, sports, medical, you name it. But Strathroy still had that small town feel to it because that's the, that's the sort of thing that I was used to growing up. And that's really what I wanted to emulate when I was going to set down roots somewhere. So it was kind of the perfect balance.
1: Fifteen years later, his impressions haven't changed very much, aside from seeing the community with more of a business perspective.
0: It's such an up-and-coming community. There's been a ton of new investment into here, you know, in the Parks and Rec Department and in the infrastructure of town as well. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of new building coming in. So a ton of new houses have gone up and it's attracting young families. Lots of new businesses as well. And uh, just about any type of food that you care to eat, you can find it in Strathroy. And, uh, you know, there's so many small businesses. Small businesses really are hidden treasures.
1: I don't know about you, but I love a business origin story. I just had to know how these two small businesses got started. For Debbie, in a jam wasn't something that she started right away. I come from a larger family, so sometimes I was in
2: charge of helping get meals ready, and I helped my mom can a lot. Um, I have a diploma in um,
3: consumer um, consumer and and community in...
2: studies, which is basically home economic technician. Yeah, and after I graduated from that, they kind of changed where they get jobs. So I worked in a grocery store for a while, and then I cooked in a daycare for ten years or so, and then my Father-in-law passed away, so I went home to help my husband farm. He's a beef farmer, and I just wanted something to do that was my own. So I always canned a lot. So I thought, now I'll start a little jam business. I think the first year I did like make 200 jars, went and picked all the strawberries and all the fruit and stuff, and did some farm markets and stuff. So someone was like, "Well, would you like to make jam for us?" And then it just
1: kind of blossomed from there. In a jam didn't just blossom; it kept growing and growing until it outgrew Debbie's kitchen. She had a decision to make.
2: So I just started my home kitchen. And um, you can get, get away with it for a little while, but I want to do this more than I need an inspected kitchen. So I we built a kitchen onto the house, and within five years, it wasn't big enough. So it's like, do you build more onto a farm that you're never going to sell? Because if you ever do want to sell your business or whatever, what do you sell, right? So... Um, I saw this building had come up for sale. It was empty. It was close to home where it's only like 10 minutes away from where we live. And so we said, "Well, let's, this is the next jump." So this is we bought it, it. took about a year to it was pretty much gutted when we bought it. Um, we renovated it all. It's all new wiring new plumbing. We bought it in 2005, and basically the kitchen was in by 2006. So we've been here since. Okay, how big is the space? Fifty by)
3: 120 something 200
2: maybe kind of thing yeah. so it's not i mean the retail part's not terribly big but that's not where we that's not our business basically it's the wholesale or the co-packing for other farmers so other markets
1: yeah oh, oh interesting and
2: can you explain co-packing somebody's a strawberry farmer they'll bring us their strawberries and make it into strawberry jam for them and then they'll take it back to the market and sell it either with our name on it or quite often with their own name on it that's probably 80 percent, 90% of our business
1: is co-packing or wholesale. For Patrick, his journey to buying Commonwealth Financial wasn't straightforward either.
0: So Commonwealth Financial was started by my wife's aunt in 1979. When she was kind of approaching the end of her career, she approached Stephanie and I about working with her with the option to purchase if things had progressed well. And honestly, we said no at that time. Uh, I mean, we had a new baby at home. Um, my job at Farm Credit Canada was going very well, and and I just wasn't interested in a career change. Stephanie eventually jumped on board about a year later, kind of as she was coming off maternity leave with our first, and uh, started working in the insurance department. I had moved on from working directly with farmers, and I was running Farm Credit's equipment dealer finance program. So working with the tractor dealerships and heavy equipment dealerships. My territory was Windsor to Kingston and as north as Barrie. I loved my job, but I was traveling every back road in Ontario and I felt like I was missing out on the first few years of my daughter's life. And that did not sit well with me. And eventually I accepted the offer as well. So. After three years of working at Commonwealth Financial, we worked out a financial package and a transition plan, and Stephanie and I took over ownership.
1: Unlike Debbie, Patrick didn't have to build a business from scratch. However, that doesn't mean that it wasn't without complications. Patrick, as he mentioned, had a transition plan to make sure that it all went smoothly. Since there was going to be a period of overlap with the original owner, and he was buying the business with his wife, He also wanted to have a partnership plan. As an advisor and as someone who has gone through a business transition personally, he highly recommends thinking about these things before they become an issue.
0: Any business transition is difficult, and I don't care who's involved in that. It could be family, it could be best friends, it could be total strangers. Everyone looks at the business today and the business in the future through a different lens because we're all at different stages of life oftentimes it's not the hard issues like the money that are holdups or the major talking points. It's more of the soft issues. You know, what happens in the case of dishonesty? What happens in the case of divorce? What happens in the case of disability? What happens in disinterest as well? You know, one partner wants to leave and the other partner still want to be a part of this as well. So if you can kind of move through those talking points, you know, it's an extra layer of complexity when you have family involved, not just, you know, aunt to niece and her husband, but also for Stephanie and I, you know, talking about, well, what happens in the case of a divorce? You know, it's not just who gets the kids off weekends. It's, we have this business to deal with as well. We have employees. So it's, uh, it got into a lot of deep conversations, but I believe that we all walked away from the business transition satisfied because every single person in it was committed to its success. Marilyn did a fantastic job through the transition. She stood behind the decisions that were made even when they weren't her own. And that's a tough thing for a business owner to do. She communicated with the clients early and often this was the plan, that she was on board with this, and that she let Stephanie and I be the face of the company as well. So when the founder of the company is excited about it, it rubs off on everyone else.
1: Like Commonwealth Financial, In a Jam is also a family business. Debbie makes the product with some help from her sister, and her son Jeff is managing the office. But unlike Commonwealth Financial, Debbie and Jeff readily admit to not being as thorough about planning as Patrick. We get along good, so. Yeah.
3: We've managed so far. We.
1: My daughter
2: works with her dad farming and my son works with me in the kitchen here. always <laughs> so we'll keep it all in the family.
3: <laughs> no one goes very far.
2: No,
1: we're not <laughs> going very far. It's probably way too early to say, but like, do you think this will be sort of a generational business? Like, do you think it'll keep going? Whatever. I guess he decides he wants
2: to do.
3: Maybe. She says she's going to die at the stove. We're not planners. <laughs> We're a reactionary family. I, I say that sometimes. It's uh, You want succession planning. Well, there isn't any here. Not so.
2: yet. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you deal with it when it has to be dealt with. So No plans yeah. to
1: retire yet. Yeah. Debbie has been at it for 20 years, and neither she nor the business are showing any signs of slowing down. Earlier, we heard about how Debbie scaled up her kitchen but she still makes her jams the old-fashioned way, in a big pot on the stove. She recently gave some thought to scaling up to a commercial-sized kettle.
2: We looked at it this year, actually, and it's like, um, no, I can do just as fast as a big pot. I have three pots on the stove, and you just circle them through, and you can pretty much do it almost as, as quick. We're happy with, you know, the small pot that only makes 12 jars at a time, right? On a good day, like strawberry jam, and I can do... Over 300 jars in a day. So that's not bad. You start getting the bigger pot. You, your taste change. Like the longer you cook it, it's going to change the flavor of it, right? So it's going to just...
3: A bit of a brighter, fresher taste. More yeah. of that fresh from the field. It's a smaller batch. Uh, trying to preserve the best of the season.
2: And we get a lot too because it's small. This all oh, this tastes like my grandma made. We want to stay with that part of it too. Yeah. But it brings back memories, right? Does it taste familiar tastes like coal. So yeah, like I said, you get bigger, you're just you're just just craft or you're just smuckers or whatever kind of thing.
1: It's worth preserving the flavor because in a jam can get high quality produce. They're in a prime fruit growing region and they make the most of that fact. We buy as much local as we can. So
3: yeah, uh, it doesn't always work out to be perfectly local. Uh, We do carry the Foodland Ontario logo on things that we are able to put that on. Um, trying to be conscious of quality and local produce as much as possible. And probably in that order, sometimes local some things are hard to find locally of the quality that we're looking for, but other things are really easy to find locally, like strawberries, blueberries, raspberries. Easy to find local and happy to support in that market for sure.
1: Relationships are a key part of any business. In a jam works very closely with those markets, building mutually beneficial relationships to receive the best quality produce which makes the best quality preserves. For Patrick, one of the relationships that he pays a lot of attention to is his relationship with the community. Every year, he allocates a portion of Commonwealth Financial's profits to giving back. The people of strathroy Caradoc see and appreciate that, creating a positive cycle for his business.
0: So our business is very active in the community in a number of different ways. We run a free parking day at the hospital on Giving Tuesday, right at the start of December. We run a food booth at the Alvinson Rodeo and donate the proceeds back to the food bank. We do an annual donut day where we hire the Donut Diva food truck and just hand out bags of mini donuts. All of this is just done to put a smile on someone's face.
1: And so by supporting the community so much, do you feel that support back from the community as well?
0: Yeah, absolutely. We do feel it. And I mean, we feel it, um, number one, because We feel it's a big part of bringing new people in the door when they see us out in the community, when we can talk with them and we can kind of find those people that recognize what we're doing and we get referrals from those people as well. Uh, You know, hey, I saw you supported this community event, had to tell my neighbors about it, by the way, they want to come see you next Tuesday. So it's a great big circle and everyone wins
1: over their years of operation, In a Jam has built a strong customer base of regulars. Many of them are locals, but Debbie and Jeff say the retail shop doesn't only have to rely on the local market because there are lots of buyers traveling through who are willing to drop in. A lot of people from the Chatham area come through
2: because a lot of them are going into um, London for appointments and stuff. They don't like the 401 drive and they it's, it's kind of a halfway stop and they can pick up some stuff and local people too it's just a little bit of everything
3: yeah we have a variety of customers come through i would say there's a wide swath of different demographics you have uh some of those older generations coming in that maybe used to can themselves but don't have you know aren't able to or don't want to do that effort anymore but it still tastes like what they used to make at home um products like chili sauce that some people are like this is how my grandma used to make it and We get some younger people coming in at Christmas. We have gift baskets and stuff, and it really drives a lot of sales at Christmas as well. And then people that want local. I mean, there's a lot of uh, local push right now, which is really great that uh, the consumer market is looking at valuing locally made products. And uh, we do have a lot of people that come in just because it's local or it's fresh or they know that. We also have a large variety of products. So if you're looking for obscure jam that you can't find in the store, there's a good chance. Well, I mean, depending. I still get a few requests that are like, oh, no, we don't have that one. But you have a wider variety of jam flavors in our store.
2: What are your top sellers? Strawberry, raspberry, blueberry, blackcurrant, pickles, lots of pickles.
3: Yep. Dill pickles, uh, chili sauce sells really well.
2: Chili sauce sells well.
3: You have some very dedicated uh, Seville Marmalade customers. Yep.
1: Yep.
3: Red pepper jelly sells well as well. Yeah. The basics are always probably our best sellers
1: both in a jam and Commonwealth Financial, are small businesses that are thriving. I wondered, is there anything about strathroy Caradoc that's contributing to their success? Here's
0: Patrick's response. I always describe strathroy Caradoc as the place to do business in the area. And it was something that I noticed fairly early on in, in my time living here. Strathroy had everything to do business. It had all the major banks. It had a high quality of financial advisors. It had accredited law firms. It had top accounting firms. All of the kind of background pieces that go into running a business were all available here in town. And uh, I mean, on top of that, it has builders. It has real estate agents, manufacturing, medical Strathroy, I just learned, was a regional hub for business, and a lot of our small towns kind of filter into Strathroy as a place to come and do business because it's pretty much a one-stop shop. So personally, five years ago, the lease on our office space was expiring, and we had the opportunity to kind of reimagine the business. And where we wanted to operate, you know, did we want to move closer to London? Did we want to go to Kamoka? Did we want to go out to the smaller towns outside of Strathroy as well? And we really had no other clear number one choice, but to want to be in Strathroy still. So we ended up buying the building that we're in right now. We renovated it to our standards and we've really never looked back. So Through that process, we used local real estate agent, we used a local builder, we used local tech and IT guys, used local electricians. So my opinion of the quality of business, Strathroy, is fairly well-founded and stress-tested as well. And again, when we were going through the business transition to have our lawyer and corporate accountant and everyone just down the street from one another, it was, it, it really aided in the transition and the ease and efficiency of doing all of this.
1: You guys are part of the Strathroy Chamber of Commerce. Um, has that been valuable for you?
0: Yes, it has. Uh, the Chamber of Commerce has been a very valuable resource for us for a number of reasons. But firstly, it's the opportunity to connect through and with other businesses in the area. What I've, found before, and I did not appreciate this before I was a business owner. It can be a bit of a lonely island at times because lots of people are employed. Fewer people are self-employed and, and that's not uh, one is better than the other, but being a business owner comes with a lot of challenges. So you know, it's really great to connect with other business owners to put your heads together on how do we work through these challenges.
1: Inajan has different needs than Commonwealth Financial, but Strathroy Caradoc provides what they need, too. Here's Jeff.
3: I mean, really, at the end of the day, when we're working here, we're looking at a spot that we can produce things so it's like convenient as far as finding produce we have a blueberry farm just down the road strawberry farm just down the road so we can pull fruits and vegetables in that are local pretty easily we're just between the 401 and the 402 so accessibility to getting uh things to us isn't that hard either just down the road from london for supplies which is convenient as well um and then our customers are mostly within the county or the neighboring county so our customer base is here as well so it's really convenient that way I mean, we work with the health unit locally, and they've been great to work with that way as well, as far as if we do need something, they're easy to reach out to. And
1: Yeah. So what does the future have in store for these small businesses? In a Jam is at capacity for wholesale customers, but does plan to keep tweaking their product lines to draw in more retail customers. As for Commonwealth Financial, Patrick is eager to continue their steady growth. I asked him if he saw growth potential within the local market.
0: Absolutely, we do. And and you kind of look at, well, Strathroy Care Doc has been growing itself quite a bit. You look at the new developments in housing, and you look at the businesses that want to come into town and and to employ. And, and I mean, you look at the average median household income in Strathroy, it's almost $72,000. That's great income to run a household on you look at the median age of about forty-four years old while well, these people are in their prime working years, they're saving for their kids' education. It's such an up-and-coming town that we absolutely love being here.
1: Big thanks to Patrick Saunders from Commonwealth Financial and Debbie and Jeff McCollum from In a Jam for sharing their stories. More information on both businesses can be found in the show notes. If you'd like to open your own small business in this community, visit investstrathroy-caradoc.ca. Next time on the Growing Strathroy Caradoc podcast, we're talking to insiders at two of Strathroy Caradoc's fastest growing manufacturers. I'll be asking them why they've chosen to do business here, what's keeping them, and all about their growth plans. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform to make sure you don't miss it. Growing Strathra Caradoc is produced by Storied Places Media. Thanks for listening.